beautiful people across the globe. We just want to welcome you to another edition of D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K, The Kickback, with Sharika, Sabrina, and E.B. Hey, friends, and welcome back to The Kickback. I'm so tired. You know when you be gone from work and you get out of your routine and then you got to go back to work and you be like, the sleep schedule's off, and I'm over here like, eyes. I need you to perk up and get it together here. But I am excited to be here with you guys. I feel like the energy will be upon me soon. I will say that my temp is good. I'm back in sunny Florida. So I got the heat vibes of the good 85 degrees. I always think about life as what I'm looking forward to next. You know, is it a vacation? Is it a time off? Is it a uh, celebration at this point i don't have anything to look forward to but god's grace and a new day of life so i am feeling good and excited just for life and living and hopefully for the day that COVID is gone i am anticipating that day and i'm wondering like what is it gonna be like when we're not under the COVID umbrella anymore so that's that my song is billy jean by michael jackson and it really has nothing i know serena's giving me Yes, that song is on my mind. It's not really reflective of my energy, but it's just on my mind right now. And I'll tell y'all a little bit about that later in the invite. So Sabrina EB, how y'all feeling? What's going on with y'all? I am feeling pretty good. My vibe is One Republic's Good Life. This is going to be a good life. It's going to be a good life. It could really be a good, good life. That's what I'm holding on to these challenging times. I'm actually feeling very hopeful. He has a verse where he's saying, sometimes there's airplanes. I can't jump out. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's BS that don't work out. Amen. We all got our stories, but please tell me what there is to complain about. about. Right. Mm -hmm. You got a job, you got a house, you got your health and strength. Praise God. Even if you don't have that, we all have something that we can hold on to and be hopeful for. Even if it's just Jesus Christ, you know what, for me, that's enough. So I'm feeling very happy. I'm feeling very hopeful. And maybe I'm feeling this way because my husband's birthday is coming up, you guys. He's a March baby. He always tries to claim spring, but I'm like, no, 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 because I'm a spring baby. You're a winter baby. Whenever it's a kind of season or birthday, I get into like my little sappy reflection mode and I just love him. And I can't believe he's been on earth for almost 34 years, just being happy and bringing the positive energy and the good vibes and helping me (laughs) to be a better person. I don't know how this turned out to a shout out to Bay and his birthday, but that's what this is. Do it. Have a good life. Amen. Amen. Now I feel bad because I never shouted out my man's and his birthday. That Girl, just you better shout it out. Yeah, I'm a trash wife. No, you're not. <laughs> you didn't let your husband go to McDonald's for his birthday, so you're the best wife. <laughs> you guys, tell me why Sharika's husband, and I hope he hears me talking trash about him, because I am. They let him choose where he wanted to go for his birthday, and he said McDonald's. And Sharika said, no, no, no. For God knows the plans he has for you, and so do I. And they are great. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Did he never see that McDonald's documentary? <laughs> he was <laughs> I don't know, but it, it was eye-opening. So she did, me. Exactly. So yep. <laughs> she didn't let her husband go down the supersize me route. She took him to a nice sit-down, you know, him and the, uh, the moms and the family. So shout out to both of our husbands. EB, how you feeling? I am feeling good. I don't really got a specific song for the people 
this week. But I would say if I put a temperature on it, it's anywhere between the 80 and 85 range. Sun out, clouds out and about with just a just a little pint of a wind breeze. Not too crazy, but life is good on my end. Friends, I told y'all that Billie Jean was on my mind. And the reason why is because this month is Women's History Month. It is a celebration of women's contribution in history, culture, society, and has been observed annually in the month of March in the United States of America since 1987. So I'm going to be doing my invites to different women this month. So this day, we're going to talk about Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King is an American former world number one professional tennis player. She won 39 Grand Slam titles, 12 in singles, 16 in doubles, and 11 in mixed doubles. She often represented the United States in the Federation Cup and with Wingham Cup. She was a member of the victorious United States team in the 7th Federation Cup and 9 Wingham Cup. For three years, she was the United States captain of the Federation Cup. One of the things that I liked about Miss Billie Jean King was that in a battle of the sexist match against Bobby Riggs, who was known to say that women were inferior in the game of tennis. And guess what? Sis beat my man's, Mr. Bobby Riggs. So he was talking all that trash about how women were inferior in tennis, yet a woman beat him, Miss Billie Jean King. Now, I know you might be also thinking, Billie Jean, is this the same Billie Jean from Michael Jackson's song? And I was thinking about that too, but... No, in fact, the song is not about this Billie Jean. This is an aside. The Billie Jean that Michael Jackson was singing about was not a specific woman named Billie Jean, but it was just about the thirsty thought. And now they didn't call them thirsty thoughts then. He said that women would always be writing him letters and his brother's letters talking about how, oh, you're the father of my child. And so he wrote this song called Billie Jean and it was about the thirsty thoughts. Not this Wonderful Billie Jean King, who was a great tennis player who beat Bobby Riggs, but also she was the founder of the Women's Tennis Association and the Women's Sports Foundation. She was instrumental in getting brands to sponsor women in tennis. In the 1970s, she served on the board of their parent company, Phyllis Morris, of the parent company, Phyllis Morris, which supported women in tennis. So I wanted to shout out Billie Jean King for all the hard work she did in tennis, but not just to be a good tennis player on the court, but to support women and start these different foundations that will support women in sports. So that's why Billie Jean King will be getting our invite for today. Thank you so much for that clarification. Because at first I was like, sis better circle this around. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Billie Jean is not my lover. And then like, so is Women's History Month. It's like, no, 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 no. We're not on that. Okay. No. When I heard Billie Jean, I said, is this Miss Billie Jean from Who Is Not My Lover? I had to go do research about that. They just used the name because he said there was plenty of Billie Jeans out there. Shout out to her and the way that she paved game of tennis. Like when you talk about Serena's, the Maria Sharapova's, the Naomi's, the Sakas, that's the GOAT for many of them. Like she's one of the greatest of all time and she's one of the few that all of them look up to of like that pinnacle of like, how do I become a champion? But also how do I promote gender equality and stand up for social justice? Like she was doing that at a time when it was definitely inconvenient to her. 
So she has been on that. Shout out to Billie Jean. What do you have for us today in your hot topic, Sharika? We got a, a variety of, and one of the topics I wanted to talk about was this bachelor controversy. I'm not into the bachelor. I'm not into the bachelorette. I know a lot of people be into those shows. Personally, I don't get it because I'm just like, how can we be kissing 20 people and then be like, but I really choose you. Here's the rose and all the things. I don't get that. But we're not going to talk about that part. We're going to talk about the host of The Bachelor, Mr. Chris Harrison. He got in a little hot water and then he decided he's going to step and take a little break back from hosting The Bachelor. This is like been 25 seasons, I believe, of The Bachelor. And this is the first Bachelor that has ever been a man of color. They've all been white gentlemen. And in his interview with the first Black Bachelorette, which was last season, there had been some photos coming up about one of the young ladies who is on the current season of The Bachelor. And she, 2018, was in the, at an antebellum sorority party, you know, celebrating the South and, you know, all that goes into all of that, you know, that came up and there was some backlash about it. And he, in the interview with the uh, Black, the former Black Bachelorette, she was bringing up the this um, the pictures and basically saying, you know, she didn't feel like it was a good look. And he was like, well, it wasn't a good look. It's not a good look in 2021. But, you know, this was 20, 2018. Was it, you know, that big of a deal back then? And she was like, it wasn't a good look at any time. And he was just like basically sort of defending this young woman. Some people are saying, well, he was just defending her because, you know, she's going to be in the final. You know, they pre-record these things. So she's already in the finals. And so he maybe he thought he was doing a good job for the show. So, you know, this is what people are saying to defend him. Well, of course, when all those things erupt, then now he's sorry for his insensitivity. He didn't know. He, he will learn, to, you know, the same old song and dance they always give. I'm going to seek to learn more so that I can be a better advocate. And I'm going to take a break and I'm going to step back. Any thoughts? The only thing he needs to step back from is that opinion. You know, you don't have the space to speak out of turn. You know what I'm saying? Like I might say something amongst you two in ignorance and then you guys, because you're my friend and you love me, you'll correct me and set me on the right path. But in that setting, first of all, of all people that they chose to talk about it with, why do you have to talk about it with the only other person in the franchise? First of all, we know what he said is wrong. So I didn't, I felt like I didn't need to say that, but maybe I should say that. Clearly, what she did in 2018 is just as wrong as it would have been in 2000. What I heard him say was in 2018, maybe the internet wasn't popping like it is now and she would have never got caught and people weren't going to be more willing to cancel and people weren't really speaking up in a way that they should, mm -hmm. which is also trash, Chris. Yeah, because whether people are speaking up or on the right side, it's still wrong. So it's just because people wrong. weren't on it, then doesn't make it right. Not at all. For some people, they'll always be okay with what they do in the past, no matter if it was on the right or the wrong side of history, right? You have some people who say, oh, like, look what happened in the 17th, well, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, up until slavery was abolished. That was the law. That was okay. And some people are like, well, that's the way it was. It wasn't a big deal. And it's like, no, it was still a big deal. Just because it was, quote unquote, the law, or doesn't guide it to being a thing that anybody or everybody should abide in or engage in. Like, it was wrong then, it was wrong in 2018, and it was wrong in 2021, and it'll be wrong in 2030. Like, there has never be a place for that. But I would say, just with a little bit of hearing you guys dive into it, and a little bit that I know about it, 
I am absolutely excited that he is no longer around, <laughs> at least going into this finale, because him not being around means that they made a call to the big homie who we mm-hmm. talked about on the podcast a while ago. Yep. Author and former linebacker Emmanuel Acho as the new host. Wait, 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 wait. They fired yep. him? You're well, low. He, he's he, taking he a break. Released, he's he's been released back. from his duties. I won't mm-hmm. say he's been fired because we don't know what's going to happen. But you know what happens in these type Yay! of moves. Real leaders, I say real leaders, because you have to, one, take care of your bottom line. Mm-hmm. They don't want to mess up their bottom line. But also, now you give somebody else a new space or a new opportunity. And likely, you'll just see what happens with the show. I know your boy never cared about the bastard. Because just like Sharika said, I don't have no interest in watching a person, uh, one guy kiss 20 certain females every other mm-hmm. week, and then say this one is the one I'm supposed to be with. Give you some roses, have a little dinner. That's all whack to me. Okay. Now that the big homie is on there, and I say big homie because we have a mutual, I could say a mutual friend. Shout out to the homie Steve Carter. But they like talk every day. They got a podcast together. They they homies. They like this or whatnot. They be at each other's family's house. So I'm like, hey, I'm about to start watching just because he's the host. And it's the finale. So you get to get get all the lovely stuff about what you missed or the stuff that really didn't matter the first 15, 20 weeks, however long the show is. (laughs) So I'm definitely watching Cause it's a brother that's hosting the show. Anytime okay. a brother is, hosting. okay. Y'all, y'all know, the, y'all know the slogan. I'm rooting for everybody black. I was feeling sorry for Chris in this situation, but I didn't know they did that. This is beauty from ashes. Cause honestly, I do watch. I used to watch because I was in a bachelor fantasy league. Hear me out, <laughs> friends. <laughs> made us choose winner. No judgment. No judgment. And you got like points assigned to if someone said I'm somebody's here for the wrong reasons, or if they got a one on one, or if they won, and it was bragging rights. But I did like three seasons of that, and then we fell off. A podcast I like started doing a review of it, and it is hilarious. So then I started watching again this season just because the podcast I like was doing the review. But now that they're bringing this energy, let's be honest, y'all haven't really watched. But let me tell you what Chris Harrison does. The Bachelor or Bachelorette will pass out 10. Let's say they got 10 roses. They pass out nine. Chris will pop up and be like, it's now time for the final rose. Back out of the scene. He'll ask like maybe (laughs) two to three questions and he gets paid six figures an episode. And if he can do that, I'm wondering the energy the brother's going to bring, the excitement, the snappy comments. Okay, because Chris really wasn't on it. The only thing he had over somebody else was that he was there from the beginning. And that was it. So I'm happy about this transition. Hopefully it sticks. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen the other guy host. I am rooting for everybody black, but hopefully he brings it. The thing is that with Emmanuel, you know, he's been doing these uncomfortable conversations with a black man. What they about to do is have another uncomfortable conversation, but it's going to be a black man to a black man. And it's going to be like, well, you see this young lady that's in your final had this kind of situation in her past. You could potentially give her a rose. Is that a situation you're going to enter into? How you feel about this? What you think about that? That's the thing that I think is going to come about with this whole changing him as the host, because I feel like there's going to have to be a conversation since it's become such a big backlash and there's such a big storm in the media. They're not going to be able to not say nothing. It was so much y'all had to change the host. So y'all ain't going to just let it slide. They're going to have to address it. They're setting this up to be an uncomfortable conversation with the black man, black man, the black man. Chris Harrison's response to his interview with Rachel reminds me of what I saw trending about Megyn Kelly, where they were like, don't teach, don't teach kids about racism because it's uncomfortable and it's sad. Like, really? 
<laughs> That's exactly why you should teach them so they don't carry it on to the next thing. It just seemed like overall, Chris was like, don't knock her because it is what it is and let's just move forward. And that's not the right approach, Chris. Yeah. We got some episodes, we got some books that you can listen to dive in. It's the thing that a lot of people are finding themselves having to deal with. A lot of people not of color. They're like, this ain't never been no problem. Y'all just not trying to make this a problem. I've been good. I've been Gucci. I've been doing this for however many years. Now y'all want to come here with this new stuff talking about, oh, it's wrong to, to go to these parties. Wrong. I, I mean, I don't care is really what they'd be saying. I just don't care. Y'all making me feel like I should feel bad for not caring, but it don't affect me. I'm not black. I didn't have to be the slave then. What do I care about what y'all had to go through? And they gonna have a party. And so what? Let them. That's the energy that I was getting from Chris. I completely agree with you. I made a status recently and I was sharing that I was so moved when a dance company put brown shoes on their advertisement mm -hmm. and I was literally moved to tears when I got them in the mail and my poor husband, I made him have a photo shoot with me when as soon as I got home and put them on because it just wasn't a thing. And the amount, the overwhelming amount of people of Caucasian descent who told me, oh, I never realized. I just never. And of course, because it's like, you're just, you can be almost blind to it if so, mm -hmm. to things that don't impact you. So when the teacher was like, hey, everybody, you know, make sure your shoes are blending in with your skin or wear skin tone tight. I'm like, who's skin tone? Because they don't sell that for me. Mm -hmm. So Chris, you know, the ignorance, it's not it. Hopefully yeah. he can take this time to reflect and hopefully he's been on his Charles Financial Solutions and been saving up. <laughs> cut. And this is sad. Like, I just felt a little bit bad for him, but you know, it was trash and, and I don't feel bad enough. I think it was one of those things is like, you can go on and say you stepping back, but you stepping back, whether you decide to step back or we gonna make you step back. So it, it probably looks a little nicer that you say you stepping back. I think it was one of those situations. But obviously, you know, ABC looks like they're trying to do their right thing, I guess. But it's like, it's been 25 seasons of The Bachelor and y'all just now got a black man. Just now. Come on now. It, it's like, man. did y'all really care? What'd you say? I said a biracial man. I'll always be feeling sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. I know like society and because of one drop rule, but like I always felt like I wonder what his mom feels like when people are just like black, 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 and she's just white mm -hmm. as snow over here. It's like, oh, I, I was a part of it too. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with biracial people. I'm always like, I'm almost nervous to say this, but like they were like our first black man, our first, and then they didn't even show the black side of his family. I mean, I saw a preview and they brought in his dad. His dad didn't about. raise mm -hmm. him. And it was just a contentious, like the preview was just like this contentious yeah. interaction. So I'm like, can you show us in a positive light? Please, can you try? Because Black love is out there and it's thriving and it's great. But ABC's yeah. not on that. Yep, the low-key people have been feeling this type of way about this guy anyway, because all he's been talking about how his dad wasn't in this life and, and basically perpetuating the stereotype that Black men don't really stay in their families anyway. Also, out of the choices of the women that he picked, he didn't even pick a Black woman, which you don't have to pick a Black woman, but I'm just saying, it's like, are they doing good in this situation? That's a fair it's almost question. like There are only two Black women there. And then you feel pressure, like, you want to choose who you like, but you're like, dang, I only got two to choose from. I don't like either one, but what are people going to think? You know what I'm saying? Like, ABC, they didn't try hard enough. They tokenized him and the fact that mm -hmm. he's not black. And then they yes. tokenized the character who, well, not, they're not characters. Well, some of them are acting, but they tokenized the contestant who's deaf. 
you know, mm-hmm. like she has an, um, an, an implant and she doesn't yeah. sign. It was so on the nose, the way they were treating this contestant. And it's like, okay, we get it. You're like, we're for people with various levels of disabilities too. And it's like ABC. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's a step, a tiptoe. I don't know. A step in the right direction, I guess, as best as I can say. And hopefully Emmanuel um, will elevate the situation over at ABC and elevate what's going on over there at The Bachelor. He is about the quality and substance besides just a tokenism. So now on to something in similar vein. This has also been in the news lately about the Dr. Seuss books, you know, that you grew up reading and they were so colorful. They were so bright. Well, now six of the books, they're saying they're not going to publish them anymore because of some racial insensitivities and things that are in some of the books. And I also was thinking of about them saying they want to change the picture of on the Uncle Ben Rice because it looks like a slave man and Aunt Jemima and all these things like do we change all these products do we stop selling these books do we stop doing these things because they could be seemingly racist for some of the things you definitely change it now I can tell you that I looked at the list of the six books that they canceling from Dr. <laughs> Seuss I don't remember those six Me? It, ain't, it ain't the cat in the hat it ain't green eggs and ham it ain't none of the ones that bang all the places of- we will go all the places we would go like it ain't none of those like this i saw the six names and i'm like i don't think i ever read that dr seuss book looked at the next one yeah i don't know that one looked at the next one yeah that's a no for me i'm not saying that that's good or bad let me go ahead and throw that out there if there were some racially insensitive stuff in them then of course you live and you learn because i don't know about y'all but i can't tell you the last time i read a dr seuss book and I got a whole bunch of nieces and nephews, but it's not like I'm sitting here going to the library searching for that. Not saying that people in school or elementary students aren't learning as we learned many, many years ago, but it's like, once you see something that was wrong, then it's your job if you're in a position of power or influence to change that. Because by sitting there and enabling it or letting it be, that doesn't help the situation in any way. And then you just continue to perpetuate the narrative of racism in this country that we like call America. So if there's a problem and you have the power, the influence to fix it, I think you do just that. People get too sensitive and they be making things into more than they need to be. When I saw Aunt Jemima on the syrup, do I care? I just want to know, is the syrup good? Uncle Ben was not offensive to me. Like, is the rice good? I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, no, it's not that you're wrong, but we do have to be sensitive to the fact. And I know you just said people are too sensitive, but with terms like it's not offensive to me, because then we mm-hmm. sound like the people who are like, well, it ain't got nothing to do with me. So, but and I was thinking that <laughs> I know this is contradictory to what I just said. Right. In that same vein, I didn't know Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima were considered offensive terms. I was told. And I was like, oh, I never noticed. I thought she had an apron on because she was working in the kitchen. But also I was born in 19, you know, in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. So those characters are things that we wouldn't have been as privy to with our age. And so I do want to respect the fact that some people look at that and it is associated with bad memories and stereotypes and so on and so forth. That being said, I can see where you're coming from, Sharika, because when they pulled the Golden Girls episode off, where the Golden Girls 
actually said, oh, they were like doing mud mass or something. And then they came out being mm-hmm. like, hey, we're not trying to do blackface. They were literally saying like blackface is wrong. We don't want to do this. But the corporation was just like, no, we don't want any of the energy. We don't want any of the smoke. They pulled that. They pulled an episode of a community off that had something similar where they weren't doing the thing, but they were so nervous and afraid that they would be canceled that they pulled the episode I'm like, you mm-hmm. know what? So that does get into what you're talking about, about, okay, people, just use your common sense. You know it's offensive. You know it's not. And the stuff that be the most offensive and the worst sometimes be the stuff that y'all be leaving alone. Like y'all can drop your suits when we got all these other things out here that you can actually make a difference by attacking. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, they always go for the low-hanging fruit, thinking we're supposed to be appeased by these little things because it's like, Okay, this may be offensive or whatever, but what about the things that really are issues? Like, what about actually putting some energy in getting the public schools in these low-income areas and doing something? Like, what about doing things that actually matter to people of color that will actually change their lives? Okay, is Dr. Seuss' books really going to affect a kid's life? Like, Evie said, he don't remember none of these books. And some of the books, I was like, Dude, I don't remember ever hearing about them either. But the things that actually would change lives of people of color that can make it a better place. We ain't got the energy for that, but we can go and and go for a book. I definitely agree. But a lot of the times, like the people who have, again, a sense of power or influence to change those things, like in a school system, are not the people of these big corporations. When they was talking about it a while ago, especially the Unjamama stuff, like I had no idea that Unjamama was like this song that originated in the um, fields with slaves. So you have those type of things. It's like, of course, we got to change that. Yeah. So Aunt Jemima derives from a song that the slaves sung back in the field. Dang. Like so so it's a little it's a little bit back to that. And then when we talk about like Uncle Ben, we're like, ah, oh, I don't stress no Uncle Ben. You gotta remember the history. For black and brown people, they didn't really get the Mr. and Mrs. titles. Like back in the slave days, it was just like, like that's an aunt, that's an uncle. Even for a slave, in this case, I was like slave masters, even slave master kids. Right. That's what they would consider the ones in the house or even the ones that was cool from the fields, like aunt and uncle, because they couldn't get the title of Mr. or Mrs. as a slave. Like you because you can't own no property. You can't own no house. You can't get no bank account nowhere. You have like, why am I calling you Mr.? Like you don't even get that decency of respect. But I'll call you aunt and uncle because, you know, that's just like a relative name or a distant person. Like that's not really a big thing to us. So, you know, you have people who see what some may consider low hanging fruit, but it's like, nah, this slave connotation is still lingering and not everybody is with that and for those of you because i know some people gonna be like well where did he get this from shout out to npr npr is like one of the best places for you to get information and you can just put in aunt jemima npr or uncle ben npr and you can get all the wealth of information of why some of these big name corporations have made these differences i appreciate what you were saying and shout out to npr because i did not know npr was one that did tiny desk that's neither here nor there but i was like okay npr doing all the things but like for what i'm saying if y'all really want to do the right thing uncle ben's rice don't just pull the things from the shelf invest your money is what i'm saying it's like stop going for these little things to appease people you know what we don't want to be offensive but let's take our money and put it into these communities or let's take our money and do this do y'all know what unjamama name got changed to no what is it now it is now the pearl milling company so basically just the company that makes it we're just gonna call it that they announced details of a one million dollar commitment to empower and uplift black girls and women in the coming weeks 
The investment is in addition to PepsiCo, $400 million, five-year commitment to advance and uplift Black businesses and communities. So remember PepsiCo, like the Pepsi Corporation, yeah, like yeah. all these people work together. So you're talking about them giving $400 million over the next five years, and then the Pearl Milling Company giving a million dollars over the next few weeks. And it's an addition because Pearl Milling Company falls under the PepsiCo. So some people might be like, what is $1 million? But you give me $1 million, I can do a lot. Like, no, no, that's not, who's like, what is $1 million? <laughs> some people would say that compared to like- How much does your company make? Yeah. Is $1 million even worth a drop in the bucket? Right. First of all, how people don't even take ties or nothing in no community organization? It'd be the loudest <laughs> one who don't give to nobody <laughs> and want to tell rich one. people how to spend their money. I appreciate the information. Thank you, E.B., because this is what I want to see. And to hear that, that makes me happy and excited that they're going to do that. Can you do research on these things? Because I do always hear, well, we're going to put money into this and put money into this, but I never follow up and ever hear where the money actually went to and what companies were actually benefited by these dollars. So maybe that's something I will look into. We talked a little bit about this earlier. I was saying how I was looking forward to time when COVID is over. So Texas is talking about lifting their mask restrictions. And I was just thinking, when would I feel comfortable walking around without a mask? There's some places where I go, not where I live, but like I have traveled a few places and I've gone into a store or so and not see people not wearing masks. And I'm like, oh, I feel uncomfortable. But in my area i can say when i go to the store and things i don't really see people without masks but if they were to stay in florida all right florida you know we don't need these masks anymore are we just quick to just rip the masks off or are y'all going in with a little hesitation i can't think of another time where i won't be wearing a mask like i think i'm like this for likely forever really i just don't know i'm trying to figure out how we was really out here just living with the germs just everywhere it's weird. What's weird to me is when I watch in TV shows and movies and stuff, and you see a whole crowd of people, I'd be like, ugh, that's a lot of people. Yeah, that's a lot <laughs> of people. And you just there. Like, I was just at Walmart, and I had, you know, you grab the little, the wipes, you wipe it down on the sides of the front. And I was just like, man, back in the day, you just never thought about this. You just grabbed the cart and just went to going, like, not knowing who yeah. had it before you, what they was doing. Or when you pull up to a grocery store or supermarket, whatever, it's usually that person who getting ready to put their stuff in and you'll just take the cart from them. Mm -hmm. I'll take that up off your hands so I don't have to get one. Nah, it ain't none mm -hmm. of that. You just go get your own and you try to make sure it's as clean as possible. But for, like, now granted, when I say forever, it's like, it would have to be where I know we're in a definitely a safe stretch. Like you just mentioned, Texas lifting the mask mandate. Mississippi has just done the same thing today, lifting the mask mandate. I'm pretty sure it's going to be soon. You're going to hear Alabama, Florida, and Georgia do the same thing because people in the South are just built different and mm, don't care. wild and don't care. But mm. I'm still going to have mine on. It's in my best interest. I remember, you know, seeing pictures of our uh, videos of places in some Asian countries and stuff, and they wear masks all the time, you know, and be thinking about that. And then I'm like, us being in that same kind of position where we're wearing masks, how do you stop wearing the mask? I was wearing this for my health and safety, and now you're telling me it's okay not to? Like, I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know when I'm going to Feel like it's okay i probably feel comfortable wearing it until like all of america is vaccinated and i know that's just not realistic how a lot of people don't want to take the vaccine mm -hmm. for many different reasons but i don't care what the government says when the holy mm -hmm. spirit makes it me feel right in my spirit about taking it off then i'll take it off and there are some small group interactions where i do feel comfortable and safe and take it off mm -hmm. and there are other like I think going to Walmart even before the pandemic was a risk, like, ill, no. But <laughs> especially now, like, I just kind of 
I don't kind of, I just trust the Holy Spirit's discernment that he's given mm-hmm. me. And I don't feel like now's the time. Rick Scott can say whatever he wants to say. He can't make me take off my mask yeah. <laughs> at all. I'll take it off when I feel comfortable. I'm listening to the news ish. I take that back. That was a bull face lie. I'm not listening <laughs> to the news, but I am I'm keeping my my ear plugged into what's going on. And I don't think it'll be for a while, Sharika. I probably maybe after this summer. Honestly, probably when my age group is eligible to get the vaccination, at least. Yeah, but it'll be a while for me. Yeah, like you said, there are certain situations and environments where I might feel comfortable being without a mask, but a lot of places I don't and a lot around a lot of people I don't and I I just don't know how soon it gets back to like just being comfortable out there like we used to be you know how we used to just be so free and just so touchy and just sitting right next to somebody if you want to get back that human connection but it's also like I do want to be safe I want to continue to be safe and like you said there's a lot of people that aren't trying to be vaccinated and even when you are vaccinated you still can be a carrier and pass it along. There's always been something you can catch from somebody. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to go with you on the Holy Spirit too because uh, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. And I feel like Florida is just going to be right around the corner because we they ain't cared about us from day one during this pandemic. I don't see them starting now. So my last little topic I wanted to talk about is the potato head. You know, what used to be Mr. Potato Head, Mrs. Potato Head. Well, now they're talking about dropping the Mr. and Mrs. And you can make your potato whatever you wanted it to be. And you could do two Mr. Potato Head and have a little Mr. Potato Head family. Or And this is going almost back to what we were talking about. I'll say my little probably controversial statement. It's like, I thought you could already do that with the potato heads. You can like, well, yeah, Mrs. Potato Head usually had a little purse, some little high heels in there. I guess it's going to be a mixed bag and you could just make your potato head whatever you want it to be. But I was like, it's a thing that we now have to talk about. Like we got to make it a thing if y'all just wanted to do this just go and do what you wanted to do is it really that serious that we had to have this whole big topic about it i mean people gonna engage in what they want to engage in people gonna dive into the spaces that they want to dive into but i tell you this believe you me it's gonna always be mr potato head to me it's gonna always be mrs potato head to me and they're just <laughs> gonna be on two different sides of the aisle as they meet together I ain't walking around with two Mr. Potato Heads and saying this is a couple and they're about to have potato head babies. That's what you want to do. Two thumbs up to you. More power to you. Handshake. I bid you adieu. But for me, in my house, we're going to do a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. I don't want to get canceled by the people, but um, (laughs) you can do what's best for you and yours as we continue to promote (laughs) equality here at the kickback. Why does it sound like a lawyer just talked on you? Okay. Evie, you can have your opinions. I want you to feel that this is a safe space. And like you said, as for me and my household, we're going to do this with the potato heads. Like I told you, when I was five and I was singing the song, I didn't even know the meaning. It is a child's toy. If a child is struggling with gender identities and all that kind of thing, you taking the name away is not going to do anything for that. It's just not. You could have left it, Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head, or you could have just called them potato heads. But I don't think, like, if I had a child who had that toy, 
and then they changed it, it would change nothing for that six year old. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It is interesting, the direction that we're going, I was babysitting the other day, and we're going through the drive through. And I had my order. And then I said, Thank you, sir. You know, I'm from the South It's Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Over here. And the child said to me, why did you say, sir, you don't know like how they identify? And this was an elementary schooler. And I thought, yes, I do. I can tell by their voice and I can trust. I want my child to be able to trust what they see and what they hear and be like, well, you don't know, even though the voice is clearly a man's voice. Da, 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 da. Now, that being said, I have been caught up in the past. Both ways <laughs> I've been caught up. And you know, in those situations, I'd like to think I was gracious. I own what I did wrong. And I said, I apologize. And I was corrected. Mm -hmm. Something else, like I'm not going to put my pronouns on my email. I have no hatred or ill will towards anyone, but I'm just not going to do that. If my name is Sabrina Kemper and you email me and you say, yes, ma'am, and I want to be referred to as sir, then I'll just say, actually call me sir. Mm -hmm. And that's just what it's going to be. Just like, it's a toy. Just like, they don't even have, it's a potato for goodness sakes. <laughs> Potatoes don't have genders at all. Right. Like it's a potato. Let the kids And it's not even a real potato. Why are we bringing this down to the potatoes as well? And I am sympathetic and compassionate to people in the LGBT community because one thing I haven't had to endure is people beating me up or mm. treating me dirty because I'm attracted to men. That is mm -hmm. ridiculous. No one should be treated that way because of who they are sexually attracted to. No one has beat me up because, because I am a woman. You know, that's stupid mm -hmm. and people shouldn't be evil. But at the same time, it's also in my mind stupid that I can't say yes, sir, when someone's clearly a sir. If I was walking down the aisle and I had a kid, whatever they were, gender, whatever, and it was a Mr. Potato Head or Mr. Potato Head, and if it was a girl and she said, I want the Mr., and I'd be like, it really is, do I want to spend the money on this Potato Head? I don't care if it's a Mr., I don't care if it's a Mrs., can I get that one or can I get both of them? The thing about the Potato Head, to me, that's why I'm like, why does it even matter, is because all the parts are interchangeable. So I'm like, it doesn't really matter with the Mr. or the Mrs. So why are we making this a big deal and just saying, well, we're going to drop the Mrs. or Mr. on this one? Does it really matter? I see where they're going with this. I see them wanting to bring equality, but all the parts are interchangeable. It was already that way in my mind. I'm like, you could have made your potato head whatever you wanted it to be because the pots pop out and you push them in. First like, of all, if they ever make a potato head where they're letting the kids add boobs and penises, my kid's not having that toy because that's not what <laughs> that's we're true. on over here. It's a potato and that's what it's going to be. Like, well, why don't they have ones that you have like alien eyes or like, uh, it could be anything at this point. Hopefully not the boobs and the penises, but who, who really, really knows? really knows? I understand the heart. We don't want people committing suicide and all that because they mm -hmm. feel so ostracized and like so misunderstood. I would be interested to hear from a person, if you're a listener and you feel like we're getting this wrong or being insensitive, let us know how you feel about the potato head. Do you feel like them removing those names was like, you know, what did they say when we got on the moon? One step for him, 10,000 steps for mankind or whatever. Was that a huge thing for you? Mm. I just feel like it was unnecessary. People shouldn't be mistreating people for any reason. I don't care whatever the reasons are. You shouldn't be assaulting people. You shouldn't be harassing people. You shouldn't be 
degrading people. And I don't care what they identify as. I don't care what they like, what they don't like. No one should be harming anyone for any reason. It just shouldn't happen. And so, you know, that to me is the bottom line. Now, when it comes to nuances of like what Sabrina was saying, like calling someone who sounds like a man, a man or whatever, you know, I think like Sabrina said, if they feel like they identify as something else, then they would be the ones to correct her, you know, and let them know what you prefer or what you like or what you don't like. But I don't think our place to, I guess, project on people, but it's definitely no one should be harming anyone or harassing or degrading or being terrible to anybody. And I don't care what they like or what they don't like or whatever. We should always treat everyone with God's love, period. I would be interested to hear if this was an earth-shaking move for people. Yeah, because then, of course, the other question we have to ask ourselves, we agree no one should be mistreated. No one should be led to feel like they're, they're such a horrible person that they shouldn't be on this earth. And we know that like the suicide rate for kids who struggle with that is very high. But then I'm also the same person who said it was unnecessary to change the potato heads. So I guess the response mm-hmm. is, what do we do then for that community? Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe... This is just something we're ignorant about. And the response is what you do for that community is take away the potato head names. I don't know. I can't say. Maybe one day we'll expound on it. (laughs) I know the first thing we do, we just start with loving people and treating people well. And I feel like maybe people wouldn't feel the need to harm themselves and they wouldn't feel like they would have to be ostracized or to the point where they feel like no one wants them alive or, or it may be better not to be alive. Thank you guys for indulging us in our little hot topics. We don't claim to have all the answers. We don't claim to be politically correct. We may be up here changing our minds. I may say something to me and I'm like, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't feel like that anymore. Or now I'm enlightened. Evie enlightened me today. I was thinking one way and he brought some new information and now I'm like, you know what? I'm happy to enjoy that new information because, you know, this is a about learning. This is about growing. This is about just being able to have a great conversation. So thank you guys for hanging in there with us. Anytime, drop us a line on the socials. Oh, Sharika, we're going to have to keep that. Anytime, drop us a line. I love a little rhyme, Hi. especially if not embrace this rhyme. Shout out to Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, we're back on Mindful Matters. Thank you for going black in the day with us last month for Black History Month. That was really fun. And I just love talking about the exciting history facts. We are moving forward to our new segment, though, that's going to be all about positive psychology and how we can just be the best versions of ourselves. We slightly talked about self-talk in January, and Evie and Sharika learned that the most important voice that a person hears in their life is whose voice, Sharika? Whose voice, Evie? God's voice. Your voice, right. The most important voice you hear in your life is that of your own. God's voice. Oh, who said God? Yes, I said God's voice. Oh. (laughs) Y'all wild. If you feel like your voice is the most important voice that you hear. Yes, I repeated what Sabrina taught me. God is the goat. And that is (laughs) the most important voice. But you hear that. I was just messing with Sabrina. Uh, Evie does this to me at lunch, you guys, too. And I fall into the trap every time. Anyway, the other voice that is with you at all times is your own voice. It really matters how you talk to yourself. The voices in your head lead to certain emotions and emotions can lead to 
behaviors. So it's a really, really, really big deal that you take charge and analyze what's happening when your voice, which, which is what we call self-talk, the conversation you have with yourself. Last time we talked about positive self-talk and negative self-talk and the impact you can have on you. So today, as we move forward, I just want to give really quick highlights on the do's and don'ts of self-talk. Do focus on positive self perceptions and strength. Don't focus on negative self-perceptions and weaknesses. Everybody has weaknesses. Who cares about those? Everybody also has strengths. Dive in on that and see where your emotions take you. Focus on effective preparation. We can't always control outcomes, but we can control our preparations, right? We don't want to focus on inadequacies or problems with preparation. No, just focus on, hey, this time I can prepare this way. Last time I found a little hole there, but this time I can do this. It can help me with that. Focus on positive expectation and positive goals, right? Avoid thinking about possible failures. And it's really easy to get caught up there, but that's not going to lead you to the road to success. Remember your previous successes. All of us got to this certain point by something we did right. I would love to tell my students this because a lot of them were just like, woe is me. When you think about it, you were the winner straight from your dad. You swam and you were the fastest one. And it's actually really, really hard to be born. It's really hard. It's like one in a million hard that you were strong and you were fast enough to get here. And the same thing that got you there can get you to other places that you want to be in life. Focus on the present and focus on the process, not the product. Focus on the process and the present moment of what you're going to. And use effective keywords. Try not to think too much or overanalyze or make something happen. Just focus on the present and the process. Appraising situations as challenges a challenge is something you can overcome, right? You don't want to dwell on the past mistakes or potential future problems or thinking about the product too much. You can reframe all of your negative thoughts and use effective problem-solving strengths. So there's some do's and don'ts of self-talk. Try this on this week. If anything, open the notes app in your phone. And the next time you're going through either something exciting that is like, this is going to be the highlight of my week. Jot down things that you are saying to yourself in that moment in your phone. When you're going through one of your most challenging parts this week, jot that down and think back to these do's and don'ts and see what things are similar or see what things you're like, oh yeah, this is a place I can improve. Evie, what are you expounding on today? I am expounding on something that impacted our world about six or seven months ago. I don't like to dwell too much on the past, but sometimes things happen happen in our lovely world that you just be like, let's do a retake or let's rewind just a little bit to figure out where are we at with this situation? Like I know Sharika alluded to a little bit of like, hey, that's all good when people say they're going to donate money to this or they're pledging money to this cause. But what we really want to know is where is this money going? How is it helping the community? Or was that just wordplay? Last summer or during the midst of the summer when COVID just came out of nowhere, basically hit the world. I would say me, but it really hit the world with a lovely uppercut. We had the situation with George Floyd. Now, if you don't know this to our lovely listeners, Derek Chauvin, the officer who had his knee on George Floyd's neck, is getting ready to go to trial. I'm only bringing this up because today the judge said that only one family member of George Floyd's family and one family member of Derek Chauvin's family will be allowed in the courtroom at a time. 
I understand how serious COVID is. And I understand trying to make sure that people are able to stay six feet apart. I understand where this judge wants to have people rotate in and out. But I don't know if that's my sibling or an uncle or child or my parent. I don't know if I want to be in this game of rotating in and out as a family member. There has to be a way where everybody could be in there and wear their masks, because this is not a state that did what Texas and Mississippi did in lifting mask mandates, which is also interesting because in the courtroom, they do ban the masks, which is also crazy. But I'm just like, how do you process fully this grief period or this moment of closure when you basically can't even be there for maybe the moment that you do receive that closure? Or depending on what the outcome will be, where the wound just opens up bigger, because we know A lot of times in these cases, nothing happens to the law enforcement officer. So it's going to be real, real interesting. For those of you who don't know, the prosecutors, they were looking to add third degree murder against Derek Chauvin, but that didn't happen since those charges got dropped. So it's going to be real interesting what the outcome is. And if I'm not mistaken, this trial begins next week. So I know I'll probably be expounding on this in the future, depending on how long the trial goes, but definitely will be giving you guys somewhat of a recap of what happens with this situation. Really, all I'm expounding on is police still out here killing unarmed people, and many of them are still not being held accountable. That's all I got. I have not been up on it lately, and so I'm glad that this is coming up, and I'm glad that you'll be updating us and keeping us in the loop on this. I'm praying that there will be justice for once. Today, guys, I'm recommending Carpool Karaoke. I don't know if you have Apple Music. If you do, get on the Carpool Karaoke. It is a great time. It is fun. It is uplifting. It is just It just brings you all the feels. It is just so much fun and exciting. Now, James Corden does them on his show, but then he also has episodes on Apple Music. So if you have Apple Music or just probably go on YouTube, you could probably find a lot of stuff, a lot of them on there. It's fun. I was watching Quincy Jones and his daughter, and it was just so cute. I watched Jamie Foxx and his daughter do one together. I watched the Property Brothers and Zoe Deschanel and her sister do one. And that's how Zoe Deschanel started dating one of the Property Brothers. They met on Carpool Karaoke and that's what got me into it. So I'll be for the behind the scenes love connections and all the things, but it's just fun and exciting. So that's what I'm recommending. I love Carpool Karaoke. So I'll need to check that out. I think I was on it once or twice, maybe three or four years ago, but I didn't realize it was something he was doing consistently. So yeah, I'm going to have to like catch up. Those are always really fun. Today, Mm -hmm. I am recommending a show called The Chosen. Listen, y'all, I know every time it comes to a Christian movie or something like that, it's like we support, but it's B-rated and the quality is not there. That's not the case with this one. I promise. The Chosen is the first ever multi-season TV show about the life of Jesus Christ. Created outside of the Hollywood system, The Chosen allows us to see Jesus through the eyes of those who knew him. No matter where you are in your journey with Jesus, this TV show is for you. So check out The Chosen. You can watch it at vidangel.com. We'll put that in the show notes, but you can also watch this on YouTube. They have a free app. This is free for those of you who don't have Netflix. Check it out. It's really well done. Now, 
I know some of our lovely listeners be like, I'd be wanting to watch what y'all tell us because it'd be sounding so good, but I don't have Netflix and I'm not going to pay for it or I'm not about to pay for it. Or I want to watch what you recommended on Disney Plus, but I don't have Disney Plus. Well, guess what? Today, I'm going to give you something that doesn't require you to have to log in or I pay you a subscription. Your pastos, EB. I love our <laughs> listeners, but we're not doing that. Don't work. Nah, we good on that one. But four hundred souls. I know some of you like, I'm not reading no book that's called 400 souls. This is probably one of the best books that you would ever read when it comes to African American history. So 400 Mm. souls talks about just the years from 1619 to 2019 or to present day tense, but it is a community of souls writing about the history over a 400 year span. Now, what do I mean by that? So think about many of your favorite authors who you know or many short stories that you're like, I remember reading that compiled into one book. You're talking about less than three to 400 pages. And I know right now you're like, well, you already cut me off. I'm not with it. But it's like a 10 part series of different segments, like or 1619 to like 1659. And then it just talks about, you know, that trip of Africa, talks about Black women's labor, talks about the Bacon's Rebellion by Heather C. McGee has stuff about the, like the Black Code, the Code Noir. It has Sally Hemings by Annette Gordon-Reed. But it's basically just a, a whole bunch of poems or stories in short story form that most of them are about four to five pages each that highlight or depict quick little tidbits of African-American history. Talking about cotton, talking about the Louisiana Rebellion, talking about the National Negro racial passing, what did that mean? Frederick Douglass, the Civil War, what people consider as the Black Hollywood, Atlanta, Philadelphia, John Wayne, like just different stories, different cities, different celebrities or famous people within the African-American community, all into one book. Two of the favorite ones, because somebody like, what is your favorite? One is by Bernice McFadden, where she talks about Zora Neale Hurston. And mm-hmm. I just Love Zora Neale Hurston. Shout out to the Black Festival that used to always happen in Clues. And then the Shelby ruling, which talks about the Civil Rights Act. And only not like that one because the homie Corrine Jean Pierre, by that name, of course, you know she's a Haitian. But she's the one who did that one. And she is currently part of the Biden administration. So my dog is living it up, working in the White House, part of his PR team. Shout out to the Haitian. That's all I got for y'all. And that is what I am recommending. That sounds really good, E.B. Thank you for suggesting a book. It's been a while since any of us has suggested a book. And I'd be reading. So I can't wait to dive into that. I haven't even heard of it. I haven't either. And you know what? I got to recommend some books. Because there's a few books I really like out there. In the words of Sharika, go ahead and what you said, drop a line. I didn't even know what I said when she said, I said... (laughs) I can. You said something about drop a line. I did say that. Well, we're going to just say this. Make sure you drop a line and don't snort a line. And if you're down with the squad, make sure you subscribe to the pod. If life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back.